it's going to be a really quick recording because I've got all the clips done. I'm just going to have to assemble everything. And at some point, I'll either have to copy all that stuff over and just work on my Mac Mini to do it, or I'll replace the power supply and get to work on editing somehow with all of the other stuff that I have going on <laughs> with the yeah, Draft yeah. House of Horrors and the movie party or the actual like Halloween party this weekend. I, I don't know. The fucking October is just our worst month, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's always fucking busy. Um, yeah. All right, so since we're not doing music or anything like that, we'll just play it like it is. I'm recording right now. We got the channels ready to go. So, I mean, why fuck around? Let's just go for it. You ready? Let's go for it, yeah. Okay, let me see what number we're on. I think it's 219. I th- yeah, 219. So 219. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, we've been doing this 219 weeks straight, dude. <laughs> That's insane. All right, so here we go. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive explanation overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague of Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to 219 weeks straight of Cinema PsyOps. My name is Court. I am the master of Barter Town, unlike the blaster who claims to be. And sitting at home, sick as shit, but still phoning it in, is Matt. Captain's Log, start date 425563. I don't know what Cardassian, Romulan, Klingon fucking disease has crawled into myself, but I'm pretty sure I just want Scotty to be mean to the vast void of space. <laughs> You know, I actually had a cold go away for a solid week and then a sinus infection creep up over this weekend. So I had like maybe about like six to seven days of feeling great before a sinus infection kicked in. So I'm wondering if I may have even had this same cold where it goes away and comes back because there are some nasty cold viruses that have been like that where you get a couple of days where you feel great and then all of a sudden it reemerges. There's some real shit going around. I'm pretty much almost ODing on Zycam and uh, fucking... uh, airborne so 
<laughs> you should also be taking Mucinex or something that's got a whole shitload of guafacin in it, and then yeah. uh, any kind of nasal decongestion that you're also weak anything that handle anything like zinc. Like people are like heavy on zinc nowadays. Well, you got to be careful with that because you can lose your sense of smell. So you only really you don't want to overdo it. But um, the best thing for for zinc and listen to us sounding so fucking old. Um, <laughs> the first twenty four hours, if you feel it starting to come back, even if it's a slight tickle in the back of your throat, and you're thinking you might be sick start with the zinc then oh yeah because if you don't start right away if you don't hit it within the 24 hours it's not going to do you any good it's not going to shorten the cold no matter what zycam and everybody else says yeah it's got to be within the first 24 hours and that's if it even works for you because it doesn't work for everybody does it yeah sometimes some just don't work man (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of things that are sick um the scavenger of the pre-apocalypse's imac that i souped up uh the power supply died apparently that is a thing um i can't do anything right now live it's all going to be edited in later so um this is going to be the most normal non-radio style show that we've ever really done because everything will be edited in later and we're gonna have to do a real stripped down version of the show too but i mean fuck it we'll do it live and don't scream because i don't think your tonsils and voice can handle it we're gonna do the subdued one Uh, fuck it i'll read it and then we'll do it live fuck it we're just gonna do it live right (laughs) and the (laughs) only reason i mean we we kind of talked about it before we just started recording but i mean fuck it i mean we we're covering a movie that we both are eager to talk about so yeah regardless of whatever misery may be going on currently in our lives and you know me trying to figure out how to get my power supply up and running again let's fucking do it let's just talk about it we're talking about the curse of the crimson altar which was released in the united states in a slightly edited form uh as the crimson cult and then sometime when it got released to dvd they rescored it and that rescored version of it uh under the crimson cult is what has been circulating around through the united states and yeah um it's not that i hate the new score it's just that i want the option of the old score (laughs) you know because i kind of prefer that uh, and then also, like, the stuff that they edited out is the kind of thing that I want to see in a movie anyway. So, um, you know, they removed the bondage S&M kind of stuff and the the nudity they took all that out for the american release i mean what the fuck horrible yeah. horrible we didn't have the american release then huh no i made sure that is an imported blu-ray that uh that that i got because i mean i'm not gonna fucking get no. a trimmed down version i want all the trim that i can see without all the trimming of the trim yeah, yeah. You know what I'm we, saying? Want the, we want all that trim yeah i want i want to see heaven's gate open up before me i don't want you to cut that out or blur it and i don't i mean not to bury the lead here but i'm typically not into blondes but um yeah yeah this (laughs) this movie though yeah oh we may have found your veronica carlson um yeah Veronica Carlson is an actress in a lot of Hammer films who, like you said, I'm also not into blondes, but when I see Veronica Carlson, my heart goes a pitter-patter. Yeah, this lady was... Uh, she was working for you? She's, she's neat. She's just, uh, she's just a dandy type, type of lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since it's going to be a stripped-down show and you're feeling like shit and I got to figure out how to get a new power supply into this fucking computer, um, yeah. fuck it. We're going to take the break here. We're going to play the Legion promo ad that I'm going to edit in later. We're going to have some music that is befitting of the curse of the crimson altar and i had it really set up for you to be able to overreact to everything so (laughs) that sucks (laughs) well yeah that sucks and when we come back we will talk about how we're going to edit in the trailer oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show i'm bo ransdell and i'm one of the many creators you can find on legion podcasts i said quiet 
My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. like you're outraged that i picked this song or i can't believe i mean dude how on the nose do you have to fucking be all goddamn time i'm swear swear to god you actually nailed it because this was going to be called don't burn the witch yeah man oh damn (laughs) by venom (laughs) i nailed that shit bro (laughs) of course because the first one's almost always on the nose with me you know honestly legit that shit's lit Well, I'm glad that 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 worked, but uh, unfortunately, we can't play it live. So, do you know what won't work to play live, Matt? I'm I'm gonna really be guess the trailer because at this point, the only thing that's being able to be done is the show. (laughs) Yeah, the actual talk between you and I. Yes, it's the trailer. On the anniversary of the night they burn Lavinia Morley, many strange and sinister dreams are experienced. But are they dreams? Or are they the signs of the curse of the Crimson Altar? How are these wild parties and an antique dealer investigating witchcraft connected with this house of horrifying secrets? Get out. Go while you can. What mysteries live within these ancient walls? Who is Robert Manning looking for? Why is he in danger? When will he find the hidden truth? I am Lavinia, mother of the mysteries, keeper of the black secret. Lavinia's influence has spanned the centuries, maintained her innocence up to the very end. They didn't believe her and burned her at the stake. Many people have died mysteriously, horribly, but there's always been a link between those who burn the vineyard and those who die. My brother stayed here, didn't he? My brother Peter. Tell me what happened to him! Curse of the Crimson Altar brings together the two masters of horror. 
Boris Karloff, Christopher Lee, Mark Eden in his most powerful performance. I know there's something wrong going up in that lodge, and if you're not going to help me, I'm going to do it myself. Barbara Steele as Lavinia, Queen of Terror. Michael Goff as her unwilling slave. And introducing Virginia Wetherell, guest star Rupert Davies, Curse of the Crimson Altar. What ghostly legend was he caught up in? Who was the living link with Lavinia? Why was he tormented by these ghoulish nightmares? When did this frightening fantasy become startling reality? This is a very deep cut. Do you know it looks as though you've been stabbed? I think I was. The Curse of the Crimson Altar. That was a fucking rad trailer, man. I was blown away. <laughs> it actually is pretty good, believe it or not. Um, oh, is it? I love a lot how better than last week's that gave away the entire movie while we listened to it. Well, it's a it's um one of those ones where it's like you know can you see this or or would you be able to tolerate that and like you know yeah. all, all that kind of talk where it's like th- they're showing you all the stuff that's about to happen, but they're kind of implying like that it may be something else than what you actually are going to see. So it doesn't give away the whole of the story. It's just enough titillation and tease to make you you want to do it, which is kind of cool. And I love that we're playing it up like you actually did hear it, even though we know you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I do. I, it, let's not ruin the illusion. <laughs> let's use the illusion. Yeah, yeah, yes. Hey, I want my own hypnotic lamp. <laughs> Me too. That was pretty badass. <laughs> I could do illicit substances and uh, stare at that all day when I was 12 years old. Oh, God damn. Yeah. 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 I could do that all day while I was today years old. <laughs> I like that you went there instead of going, wait, you did what when you were 12? <laughs> <laughs> at, this, at this point, I'm not all that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're the guy who watched House on the Edge of the Park at yeah, 12. At 12. So I'm not. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we've been doing this too long for me to be shocked. <laughs> well, if that's the case, why don't we get into the actual movie talk now? Yeah, let's do it then. The Curse of the Crimson Crimson Altar. Crimson Altar. Uh, Crimson Altar. I'm yeah. sorry, I could not even breathe. So, uh, <laughs> I know it's cool. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> we open up with a blonde being whipped by a woman in pasties. Thank you, movie. A, Way to open. Yes, in front of a few monks, a dark priest, a man wearing a speedo, a green woman, and a goat, or as I like to call it, Wednesday night at Casa de Court. Yeah, man, this was fucking hot. The opening of this movie, basically seeing this, because I've only ever seen the edited version until I bought this Blu-ray, and yeah. seeing this unedited version, like the pasties and the whipping and all this other stuff that was going on, like just the sheer perversity and satanicness of it i squeezed one out in record time well done i'm <laughs> proud <laughs> i was throwing... I, and i said the minute that opened up i'm like oh look it's it's tuesday night at courts that's why we have to do the show on monday uh yes because yeah. this is the normal everyday activity sometimes tues- twice on sundays yeah says listen sometimes you gotta you know tuesdays are for tuesdays <laughs> um, you gotta do what you gotta do yeah you know how some of those uh, you see those like facebook posts do like saturdays are for the boys well tuesdays are for the blondes getting whipped by women in pasties clip yep (laughs) uh after all that we see a man in a suit taking oath and after the oath he kills the girl tied to the uh, table and then is branded by the green woman and the dude in the speedo so all right. Uh, side note, that's how I met my first girlfriend. Is it? You know, I wondered. Uh, I thought it might have been like what your wedding reception looked like because I didn't go. <laughs> 
what like in an old timey movie theater no of course it was a satanic temple <laughs> uh we cut to a uh different man and woman uh, they appear to be in an office and they are talking and that is our first clip there's a letter huh shall i read it yes that's nice it's a little dead yeah 1650. It's a lovely piece. These usually come in pairs. Is that another one? What does he say? I don't understand this. Listen. Dear Bob, the good stuff is becoming harder than ever to find. See what you can get for the two pieces. I haven't been feeling all that well and intend to cut this trip short. We'll be back on Tuesday, Peter. Well, what's wrong with that? Look at the date. It was written on the 9th. Yes, that was what? Ten days ago. It's not like Peter to be ill. Tell you what, ring this number. 0264 Right. Raymar, funny. What? Well, it's what you might call my family seat. My father was born there. His family lived there for generations. Oh, hello. Who shall I ask for? Uh, oh, uh, Morley. Is Mr. Morley there, please? Thank you. Be called. Do you know him? Hmm? Morley, do you know him? No. No, it must be one of Peter's contacts. Oh, hello. Is that Mr. Morley? Just a moment, please. I have a call for you. Hello, Mr. Morley. My name is Robert Manning. I believe my brother's staying with you. Could I speak to him, please? Manning. Yes. His name's Peter Manning. Well, that's odd, because we've just... You are J.D. Morley of Craxted Lodge? I see. Thank you, anyway. Bye. What's that all about? Says he's never been there. What? Says never even heard of him. Well, what are we going to do now? I think I'll go down to Craxted Lodge and see this Mr. Morley. Also with all the stuff is a false knife that was used for witches. Well, it wasn't this knife, was it? It's a replica that was like a prop knife, spring-loaded, so it did actually kill anybody. Uh, actually, it was used. It's a bumpkin, oh. and what they would do, they'd have two different versions of them. That's right. I'm dumb. They have two different versions of them, and uh, yeah, so one would be used, and if that wouldn't, like, if, like, for some reason something happened to you, they knew you were a witch. Something bullshit. Yeah, what well, they basically did was the spring-loaded one would retract so that they could make it look like they were stabbing you and you weren't feeling any pain. So yeah. they could accuse an innocent person of being a witch just for the sake of taking their lands, their money, or using that to extort them in some way, shape, or form. Because witch hunters and uh, the people that were working the Inquisition are basically crooked as fuck, and they always have been, and that was their trick. They basically would take over lands by accusing rich uh, lords and ladies and various things of witchcraft, and then they would either have them buy their way out and leave them destitute and take all their shit, or they would just kill them and take over all their shit anyway. Yeah, so what you're telling me is nothing much has changed. No, absolutely nothing has changed. The only difference now is they declare eminent domain and it's all done legally and they don't have to use the church. Oh, that's fucking gross. All right. So anyway, uh, Robert decides uh, that's the male made male character. He decides he's going to go looking for his brother. Uh, as he drives, he stops for gas and we get your typical little, oh, you want to go to that manor, huh? Yeah. I was half expecting the guy to go, you don't want to go down that road. It's either that or he's like, it's got a death curse. <laughs> it's got it's that got a man, crimson I altar curse. It's an altar. Uh, don't go to the altar. You're going uh, to the. You're going to the crimson altar. You call it <laughs> Camp Blood. <laughs> uh, as he stops his car when he drives away in the woods, he sees a beautiful woman in red in a sheer red bodysuit. Thanks, movie. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm very much gonna, so. Thank you, movie. I'm not mad at you. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy about the nudity that we've had so far, considering what Demented was like for us last week. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, 
uh, it, it, she's running from a bunch of cars uh, as she's surrounded by the cars. Like a lot of men get out. He tries to stop it, but we find out it's actually just a game. And then to thank him, uh, she uh, gives him a really big kiss. So it's like, wow, people are friendly around here. Well, it was the swinging 60s when the worst thing you had to worry about could probably get cured with penicillin. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's that's really hardcore. Right. So uh, <laughs> and it's also in England where there was nationalized health care. So literally anything you had to worry about could be taken care of on the government's dime. So fuck it away. It only it only sailors had to wear condom. Well, they really should. I mean, those filthy boogers, they go port to port. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh so um, he decides to follow them up. They're all at the manor as well. There seems to be a party up there. So he pulls up to the manor, and sure enough, there is a smashing, swinging party going on. Lots of uh, lots of weed. Lots of uh, they're, they're injecting a lot of marijuanas, and uh, they are definitely drinking a lot and uh, having just a good time. Also, the kind of thing that I could get down with when I was twelve. Yeah, yeah, right. One guy, hell, the two girls are one girl. One woman is pouring champagne all over her body and everyone's catching it in cups or just drinking it off her body. And uh, I believe one of them was like, uh, then there was a dude who almost like dead just sitting up against a couch because he was so fucked up. And I was just like, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, it seems like everybody in this place is living their best life and the best life of everyone that has ever met them all rolled into one night. Like, yeah, this I'm looks a, like an awesome time. I'm a little bit mad we're not there. I'm a little bit mad that I never got to go to anything like this that I didn't have to pay double for. Same, same, same. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, during the party, a young woman notices Robert standing there. She runs over, welcomes him to the party, and also kisses him. At this point, you have to be like, you people are the friendliest goddamn people. I I don't know what they say about the English being snooty and stuck up. You guys are great. And they all seem like they're into this whole sexual revolution thing. So that also quashes a whole bunch of stuff that people talk about the English with. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, uh, we find out that her name is Eve and she is Mr. Morley's uh, niece. Mr. Morley is the man who uh, it, it, Robert is there to see about his brother. Uh, she points Robert to Mr. Morley where he would be in his office. And he and Mr. Morley meet up in our next clip. Are you Mr. Morley? Yes, I am. What can I do for you? Uh, my name is Robert Manning. Manning? Oh, yes. You're the one who spoke to me on the telephone this morning. Yes, about my brother Peter. Yes, I remember. Well, please come in, Mr. Manning. Thank you. Sit down, won't you? I'm afraid you had a bit of a wasted journey, Mr. Manning. As I told you on the telephone this morning, I don't know your brother, and he certainly never stayed in this house. I wondered if you could help me with this. Excuse me. As you can see, it's written on your notepaper and dated ten days ago. Yes, it is. However, I think I can explain that one. You may not be aware of it, but my niece has a rather large circle of somewhat uh, peculiar friends. Any one of them could have taken this paper. Frankly, I think you've been made the victim of a practical joke. Not in very good taste, I admit, but then these things do happen. Yes. See, the odd thing is that uh, this is my brother's handwriting. Well, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Manning. I, uh, I can't explain it. Well, thank you anyway. I hope I haven't been too much trouble. Certainly not. No trouble at all. I'm sorry I couldn't have been of more help. Tell me, is there a hotel in the village? No, there isn't a hotel. There's a pub, though, the Red Lion. I think I'll stay tonight and have a look around tomorrow. Um, do they have rooms there, do you know? Well, they do, but they're a bit primitive. As a matter of fact, I don't think you'd get in anyway. This is our one big night of the year here. However, I've got a better idea. Why don't you come and stay with us here? Oh, no, I couldn't really. Well, certainly. Why not? It's no problem. This house has got plenty of rooms. Anyway, I feel a slight sense of responsibility for you. After all, as you rightly said, that letter was written on my paper. Well, that's very kind of you. Are you sure it wouldn't be too much trouble? Of course not. 
Elder, uh, this gentleman will be staying the night. Do you have any luggage? Oh, yes, it's out in the car. Shall I, um... No, 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 it's all right. Elder will get it for you. Car key. Oh, uh, it's open. Well, that's fine. We'll see you later at dinner. Yes, lovely. Now, Mr. Manning, I think I ought to warn you that my niece is giving some sort of a party here this evening and probably drag you into it. I think I already have been. Interesting, solid, compelling stuff. Yeah, um, I really dug that you pretty much grabbed all of the conversations that happened with Christopher Lee and then also pretty much all the conversations that happened with Boris, Boris Karloff. Well, um, duh. I've been doing this show long enough. I know, you know that's always a good time to grab the clips. Yeah, I mean, they get the best dialogue. They get the best stuff in the movie, and it tells the story so perfectly. This is yeah. a good example of how to do dialogue and not have it feel expository because we're coming in and we're learning things as as this new character is learning, it's very much like the stuff in The Wicker Man, only this guy's not an asshole that's like, well, he's a little bit of an asshole at first where he's talking down to everybody about some yeah. things with their traditions and whatnot, but like, he's a total fish out of water and everything that he's learning as he goes with people telling him what's going on, we learn as the audience too, and I think it's really well done. I, I agree. I I think it's really awesome and uh, of course, Christopher Lee is just, has the greatest voice out of anybody ever, so. Yeah, we've got uh, two of the greatest uh, voices in horror in this film right now yeah it is really awesome um okay uh so uh he is getting the tour and uh by eve and eve says that she thinks the house is creepy and he makes uh, yeah you think boris karloff's gonna come around the corner so we got like, a meta reference in that's the movie so fucking meta man in like the like, late 60s early 70s we get a meta fucking reference in this I, movie that's awesome i but I, but already at this point, I'm like, I am kind of sold already right now. <laughs> yeah, we're like not even like a full 20 minutes into the movie yet. Yeah, but I'm already I'm already like I'm sold. This is awesome. This is the best. Um, So uh, also he asks about Peter if she had ever seen him and she said she had never heard of him or seen him. Um, We also see that Elder, who is the uh the butler, he's been listening to their conversation. Michael Goff, uh, no doubt, who is yes. uh, been playing a butler for a long time because he was Batman's it, butler. He was butler in all the Batman movies, uh, you know, all the, all the like, well, Keaton to... The original uh, run that spawned from the Tim Burton Batman, he continued yes. to be... He, continue, he was the only actor that returned for every one of those. Yes, yes, from uh, Keaton to Clooney. There you go. So, uh, Elder, uh, as he's being shown his room, Elder brings a candle in. Uh, he says, for light, as the lights turn off in the castle. Elder leaves, and Bob notices it's the same candlestick that was sent to him from his brother. So now he knows this is where he's supposed to be. Yeah, he knows that something's up and it's almost like his brother sent him these artifacts specifically as like a calling card to say where he's been and what's going on because he knew something was up too. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, they meet with Morley and that is our next clip. It's a very special night for us in this part of the world. The locals take it very seriously. I thought Guy Fawkes was the traditional night for burning. In other parts of England it is. But then only we have Lavinia. Lavinia? Yes, the Black Witch of Greymarsh. Her full name was Lavinia Morley. She was my great aunt, seven, eight, nine times removed. Does, um, does that make you a witch as well? It's not wise to joke about such matters. The devil is not exactly noted for his sense of humor. And he never sleeps. Over by my favorite corner, Basil. Then that'll be all for the moment. John, why on earth didn't you come to dinner? Oh, shall we say an unexpected obstacle arose, Eve, my dear? Uh, Mr. Manning, I'd like you to meet Professor Marsh. John, this is Robert Manning. How do you do? Manning? Manning? That name rings a bell. Uh, do you have a family here? 
Well, my family used to live in Greyrush many years ago. Ah, I knew I was right. Well, John, if you don't know what's going on around here, nobody does. Professor Marsh is the acknowledged expert on this part of the world. Past, present, and future. Oh, Elder, would you get Professor Marsh a drink? Oh, don't bother, Elder. Just bring the glasses. As a matter of fact, I brought something rather special along with me tonight in honor of the celebration. There, I'll help myself and be careful of this brandy, Elder. It's as rare as gold, but infinitely more precious. Thank okay. you. Good girl. Completely wasted on women. Well, now, what do you think of it? Marvellous, John. Absolutely marvellous. Ah. Uh, and you, Mr. Manning? Yes, good stuff. Good stuff. Is that all you can find to say about it? What are you doing in this part of the country, anyway? Well, it seems that Mr. Manning has come here to trace his brother. Yes, my brother Pete, although Trace is uh, putting it a bit strongly. I'm just looking for him. I thought he might be around here somewhere, probably in the village. Probably came down to make a mockery of our ceremony, too. No, I don't think so. Although, from what I've heard, it does sound a little absurd. Really? Well, let me tell you, young man, in spite of it sounding a little absurd to you, Lavinia's influence has spanned the centuries. Well, she must have been a woman of enormous power and character. Of course, she wasn't guilty of the things of which she stood accused, maintained her innocence up to the very end, but they didn't believe her and burned her at the stake. And when they mocked her as a witch, she cursed them, cursed them and their descendants, root and branch. There's been good reason to rue the day they burned Lavinia. Many people have died, Mr. Manning, mysteriously. Horribly, but there's always been a link between those who burned Lavinia and those who died. And there will be more. Well, do you still want to go to the burning? Uh, yes, why not? Oh, uh, good night, Professor. It's been very interesting talking to you. We shall meet again. So a lot of information there, mainly about kind of what's going on in the town, why this evening is so kind of special for everyone. Yeah, and also this is the, where Boris Karloff finally shows up. It's about like 22 yeah. minutes before he comes in. But yep. the film already solely establishes itself and doesn't have to use the credit of uh, Karloff in any way other than to make that sort of meta reference, which would almost be like an audience groaner in the day that it happened, even though that's the sort of thing that people like now. Yeah. Know? So it's kind of interesting the way that they did this and they developed it, and I'm really digging what they're setting up with this. And the dialogue where uh, Lee and uh, Karloff are discussing things is great. I love the whole giving him shit for not liking Brandy and like basic, well, basically saying well, he's an uncultured dude. Yeah, well, he's, he's not even not liking Brandy because he was like, it's good stuff, but not he doesn't savor it. He chugs it. He's like, yeah, it's good shit. You know, it'd be like, you know, hey, I have this, you know, 20-year-old oak barreled whiskey here. And the guy takes a shot of it and goes, yep, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're like, thanks, dick. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit disrespectful about it, too. He could have at least, uh, you know, done something. But it just seems like he's, like, kind of talking down to these folks because he thinks they're all country bumpkins or something at first. And, you know, I didn't get that at all. I get that he's a very uh, almost kind of just, I don't want to say aloof, but just like a little, he's like a cheeky guy. And I think that's how he acts with everybody. And he doesn't mean it to be mean. It's just he's kind of like, a, I think he's a like a zen type of guy is what he is. Yeah, I, so, I didn't get that. He just kind of annoyed me at first. It took him a while to win me over in the film. I, I get what you mean. Those kind, of, those kind of attitudes can be prevalent like that. So you always got to be, you know, those people got to watch out how they act because they could, it can be taken badly. 
Well, and also, I hate people. I look for the worst in them. So any excuse I can find to just hate someone right off the bat, I do. And uh, this is very <laughs> true. This I'll, is very true. I'll fucking own it. And uh, this guy wasn't doing himself any favors with me by acting like this, especially towards uh, Boris Karloff, who was nice enough to give him a very old brandy and explain why it was so precious. And he didn't even bother, like, trying to spare the guy's feelings. He just, you know, takes a quick swig and, oh, yeah, it's good. You know, that's just that's not how it works, man. Yeah, it's not supposed to be. But apparently it is now so now it's celebration time as they get ready to burn this statue of the witch although it eerily looks like an actual person but they're carrying it down uh yeah that wax uh, effigy was a little too well made that's just kind of i think they did that to demonstrate how important it is that they would make such a nice wax effigy of the person they're about to burn yeah also i think they saved money by just having someone in the makeup to look like her exactly like it was supposed to be an effigy but i just took it as that they're just you know that's like the tribute thing that it means that much to this town. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so they burn the fake witch and fireworks go off. Everyone has a great time. Uh, later on, uh, uh, later on, Elder is contacted, and that is our next clip. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear. You did well to bring me these. There's more. How much more? The bodkin. He brought it back. Then you must fetch it, Elder. It's not easy. You can get it, Elder, if you try. I will. Good. The guilt. Will I be free of the guilt? Only part, Elder. Only part. Now go. So it sounds like someone wants something and Elder is tasked with getting it. So, uh, and he wants to be free of something, but we just don't know what, but it, it doesn't look like Elder's having a great time. Well, and if you, uh, if you know the actress who the voice is, um, that is very clearly Barbara Steele. It's very, Barbara. Cl- it's very clearly Barbara Steele's voice for anybody that knows. And Barbara Steele has been sort of a lifelong crush for me. So I recognize her voice. I always recognize her face. And if you saw the intro in the beginning and you saw her being the one that did the sign 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 when you hear her tell michael goff's uh character to go do what he's about to do you know that whatever he's about to do is going to be bad regardless yes yes so it's not this isn't a, a good thing yeah and also just the way that they put the echoplex and all the other stuff on her voice you also know that that's another worldly kind of thing and there's something wrong with what's going on there and that you know whatever it is shit is fucked and he should probably run yes uh this is all very true <laughs> uh that night bob is warned by elder to leave before it's too late and then he mentions the graveyard before walking out of the room so it's almost like elders having a little bit of a problem setting this guy up Yeah, it seems like uh, Elder's got somewhat of a conscience or at least whatever it is that the control of the power that he is under has slipped just enough for him to back away and be like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to be responsible for it or whatever. And that's why the change came over him. That's just, you know, what I was thinking. I don't know how accurate that may be. Yeah, but I I think you're almost exactly right there. Then, of course, this is intriguing, Robert, because, you know, he's kind of like almost a man of science. So uh, he's also a very skeptical very yes uh, well he's young he's young so he doesn't believe in all this old timey death and 
your you know afterlife or evil like that you know yeah he's handling things in this it, this is where i start liking him because the way he reacts to these like ominous warnings is exactly how i would be where i'm like oh really i'm about to die hey oh, yeah i shouldn't read from the book because i might die hey <laughs> <laughs> oh no zombie I, I, that's the voice i'm oh, doing so i might as well own dare it. You. yeah <laughs> how dare i summon the dark spirits to my eminent domain Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I'm yeah. reading from the book I'm not supposed to. <laughs> hey, everybody, come see the violence inherited in the system. Yeah, I'm just totally being that guy. I know me. That's, that's how I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes to the graveyard searching. It is interrupted uh, by Marley and the professor. Uh, they tell him that he should come inside because you never know what could possibly happen out in a graveyard. It's all very menacing. And when Marley and, tells you to come inside, you better fucking listen to her. Yeah. Uh, no, no, man, uh, Mr. Marley. Sorry, without Eve, it's uh, Mr. Marley. Well, when Christopher Lee tells you to come inside, yeah. you should also fucking listen to him. And when Boris Karloff, uh, uh, you know, uh, offers you some brandy, you go inside, you drink that fucking brandy. <laughs> and not only that, you tell him how wonderful it is and ask him a bunch of questions and you show that fucking old man in a wheelchair some fucking respect, regardless of whether or not it actually is Boris Karloff. Yeah, you're goddamn right. Uh, so anyway, and so he does go off with them and that is our next clip. Well, after tonight, there's not going to be much more left of this job. Hmm. All the best things alive in life short-lived. Do you believe that, Mr. Manning? No, I don't. I, uh, I deal in antiques, you see, and uh, I believe that antiques keep their beauty. Mr. Manning is quite young and has a great deal to learn. A decent appreciation of a fine brandy, for example. Mr. Manning, you said something outside about uh, Elder telling you to go to the cemetery. Yes. Yes, and that's all he said. Uh, he told me to leave. Oh? Yes. His exact words were that I should get out while there was still time. Really? Get rid of him, I've told you. Well, I shall certainly speak to him in the morning. I must apologize for his rudeness. Oh, it's quite all right. I didn't really take him very seriously. I'm afraid he's a little, um... Really? To put it mildly. I have a certain sense of responsibility for him, you know. His father was one of our tenant farmers. The elders have lived on Morley property for centuries. About ten years ago, his father died in somewhat tragic circumstances and Elder had a sort of nervous breakdown. Well, after that, he couldn't go on working on the farm, so my father gave him a job in the house. But I won't have him annoying my guests. I shall have to give him something to do in the garden. Why don't you pension him off and be done with it? Oh dear, I wish I hadn't brought it up now. Well, thank you for putting me up, Mr. Morley. But I've had rather a long drive down. It's been a rather hectic evening. You won't think me rude if I say goodnight and turn in now? My dear fellow, of course not. You know the way to your room. Good night. Good night, Professor. Good night. Uh, are you going to be in the neighborhood for a few days? Uh, yes, I am, yes. I have a rather amusing little collection you might be interested in seeing. Oh, really? What do you collect? Instruments of torture. All right, so... Uh, that night, he dreams of Peter and the witch and rituals uh, while he is in a trance-like state in his chair. They want him to sign his name to a document, but he won't. So in the dream, she stabs him and he wakes up. So already you start to wonder, well, it's the first night here and already I'm having these kind of dreams. I don't know, man. 
I know you're only about as familiar of H.P. Lovecraft stuff of you know from like a few movies and things like that. You haven't really actually read any H.P. Lovecraft, have you? Not really. No. Okay. He was never my favorite author. Okay. Well, um, for those at home that are actual fans of H.P. Lovecraft, I just want to state that this is very much like Dreams in the Witch House that's happening here, where he's sleeping in this very uh, specific room. There's weird angles, and then he has these dreams where he goes off to this area where they try to force him to sign away whatever it is, you know, like his soul or what have you, and he doesn't really know what's going on, but there's all these various rituals, and then when he won't do it, something horrible happens, he wakes up, and then in the the story, he starts waking up in various places, and various bad things have happened that he's obviously done while under control of this witch-like character, and so they're basically mixing that up with what they have here in the story for The Curse of the Crimson Cult, and I think I read somewhere that at one point in time, this was going to be called Dreams in a Witch's House or something like that, so they were very clearly cognizant of what they were doing and were doing it on purpose for that sort of adaptation of that, or maybe I'm just inferring that that's what hap- that's happening, and maybe I just saw it on the internet and, you know, somebody else... Although it sounds it exactly be. like what's happening in this movie, so I, I think you are probably dead. Having not read it myself, I'm, it's from what it sounds like from what you're saying, sounds like you're pretty dead on. Well, it's too close to Dreams in the Witch House in this sequence and the, the stuff that has to do with Lavinia morally calling to him and yeah. trying to get him to sign the book and everything. It's too close for it to not be an influence. Uh, what, what I meant was I don't know if I was accurate enough with that whole, at one point in time, it was going to be called Dreams in a Witch House or oh, something similar I got to that. You. I got you. Okay. That's the thing I don't, I'm not sure of. The thing that I am 100% sure of is that there was definitely some type of Dreams in the Witch House influence. Whether they'll cop to it or not, it's very, I, w- I don't want to say obvious, but it's very much too close for comfort in that aspect. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, as uh, the next morning, uh, the comes in for breakfast. He tells the Mr. Morley and Eve all about his dream and uh, that he plans to head into town today to just see if anybody had heard from his brother or not. Uh, Eve was actually very interested in her dream and you find out she works for the professor and he is a professor of like uh, of witchcraft. So, you know, the history of witchcraft. So, you know. That that would be the sort of thing that I would be into. I want to be a professor of witchcraft, not necessarily the history. I want to be like the kind of professor that has like an electric pentagram and like fires shit up and like it teaches the occult sciences. Like I want to be that professor. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I can see you doing that. Definitely. <laughs> like I don't believe any of it, but I sure will teach you how to summon a yeah, demon. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach the fuck out of it. I mean, I don't believe in it, but I'll teach it. Bob, as Bob is walking into town, he is shot at by the professor's bodyguard, Basil. He is able to capture him and subdue him, but when trying to ask him questions, Basil won't talk. The professor is there and tells him that his assistant is actually a mute and he explains that he was actually shooting at the birds and not at him. It was just an accident. Actually, I was pretty impressed with how quickly he subdued the guy and then like had him in like this judo chokehold, like in like Flint, uh, you know, James Bond style judo chokehold. And he's just basically like, I mean, he doesn't say it this way, but he's like, I was 16 months in the bush and I'll snap your neck like a twig, sonny. <laughs> I, I Pretty just, much. I love the burbs. So that was like the way I always picture it whenever somebody has a hold of them. Yeah, and he, right. he basically, he does say, he's like, talk. Why did you shoot at me? Why are you trying to kill me? What's going on? What do you know? Or I'll snap your neck. And then like Boris Karloff just kind of wheels in and, you know, talks to him and is like, look, uh, he's a mute, so you're not going to get anything out of him. And also, you know, he's not trying to kill you. You're overreacting, you paranoid twit. Yeah, yeah, right. Just just settle it down. All right. (laughs) Don't be a dickhole. (laughs) Yeah, it's not his fault. Jesus. (laughs) 
Good God almighty, people. Everyone needs to settle the fuck down. Uh, but then again, he doesn't know that. He knows a person who just, you know, tried to shoot him. <laughs> so, in his defense, what is he supposed to do? Uh, so, uh, Bob uh, then calls his lady friend from before at his antique shop to see if his brother had come back or shown up. She said no, so he was a little more concerned. Uh, Bob then comes back to the manor and talks to Eve. We find out that Peter was there, but he was under a different name. He uses a, a different name when he's out collecting because, you know, if they find out he is a, you know, um, antique dealer, they might try to, you know, rob him blind or try to, you well, know, shake he, him down. He won't be able to rip people off if they know he's an antique dealer. And also in this town, his name would probably ring a bell. So he's probably acting under his fake name for that reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a pretty standard thing whenever you're trying to make a deal. And, you know, like if you're one of the American picker guys and you're going to go out and you're not on camera and you want to try and do a deal and you hope nobody recognizes your face, of course, you're going to use a different name because you know that they'll try to overcharge you otherwise to because they know you're going to make money off this stuff. You don't want people to know that you're in the know and the thing that you're buying from them is worth a lot more because then you can't get a profit for it. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, uh, he, uh, then after finding that out, he tries to make a move on Eve, but, uh, is sent packing back to his room. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eve may be an adventurous and pretty awesome lady, but she's not going to just let some guy just go waltz and Matilda with her. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see, you better be worth it. You better be worth her, tr the trouble for. Yeah. Because every time you basically take a ride on the sex train, you're, you know, dancing through a minefield of whether or not you're going to catch something that you need to get penicillin for. And exactly. This guy looks a little shifty, so maybe she doesn't really trust that cock yet. And he's a stranger from the city. We all know what those city guys are like. <laughs> We've all learned in the hard ways what those city guys are like, yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, they, we have more... Uh, he walks away and he sees a light on in his room and then it shuts off. He goes inside to check it out and he catches Elder. And that is our Next clip. Fetch the pumpkin. You're gonna tell me what's going on in this house. Now, what's the matter with you? What are you afraid of? And what were you doing in here? Was it this you were after? It's all right. I'm not gonna hurt you. Not until after you tell me what I want to know. My brother stayed here, didn't he? My brother Peter. Dennis Vosper. He stayed here, didn't he? In this room. Where is he now? What happened to him? Tell me what happened to him! Dead. Yeah, I'm kind of not a fan of the way Michael Goff is delivering the stutter. Um, yeah. It, it feels a bit, uh, let's just say, insensitive. A little bit, yeah. Also, we also find out an important thing. We find out Peter is dead. According to Michael Goff's character, and yeah, I don't know how much we to, can trust him. According to Elder, he's dead. Yeah, according to Elder, he's dead. But it's also been stated that Elder is an unreliable person because he's got issues beyond the fact that he stutters in a way that is not how stuttering people actually stutter. Yes. Um, Bob is... Bob goes to visit Morley. Uh, he waits for him in his study. He sees the actual real witchy knife, not the spring-loaded one, but the real one. And it is uh, definitely the companion to the bumpkin that he had that is the spring-loaded one with his brother sent to him, which is starting to confirm his suspicions about what's going on and what may have happened to his brother. Yes. Um, uh, Bob and Marley have some words, and that is our next clip. 
So you're having a look at my collection? Yes. That's quite an interesting piece you've got there. We call it a bodkin. It's one of a pair, actually. The other one's a fake, spring-loaded. As a matter of fact, it uh, disappeared recently. Disappeared? Yes, I think somebody must have stolen it. I really don't know. Probably turn up soon. Riley? Yes, please. Thank you. Well, what was it you wanted to see me about? My brother was in this house. We have been to all this before. Yes, you, know? you probably knew him as Dennis Vosper. Dennis Vosper? Why, yes, I do remember somebody of that name. They were here about a week ago. As a matter of fact, uh, I sold him some silver. I don't quite understand, though, why, if it was your brother, he took all that trouble to change his name. Well, that's not important. The point is, he was here, and I want to know what's happened to him. And I've already told you, I haven't the slightest idea. Elder told me he was dead. I think you must have seen enough of Elder to know that he isn't entirely normal. You really shouldn't pay too much attention to what he says. Well, that may be. But I'm sorry, Mr. Morley, I'm not happy about this. I think I should be putting it in the hands of the police. By all means, do. I just hope they can be more help to you than I've been. Look, Mr. Manning, if you take my advice, you'll finish your drink, you'll go to bed, and have a good night's sleep. I'm quite sure this will all work itself out in the morning. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, so we're in more dreams that night uh, for Bob. Uh, we have Peter calling out to him. Then the witch is there. We seem to be like in a court proceeding now. They really want him to sign, but he won't. And we have another stabbing motion. He appears to wake up, but is still in a trance. And he starts wandering through the woods. And as soon as he starts wandering right close to like, I don't know, a lake or a creek, uh, a cop actually stops him and wakes him up. This he, was the uh, most unbelievable thing that the cop would actually be doing the correct job. This is the thing I was like, yeah, no, I don't oh, think so. No, of course he would. Uh, the, Bob's a probably a middle-aged white man. Oh, so he was dispatched to keep an eye specifically on Bob at all times to make sure that he was safe and everyone's well, happy all, around him. Oh, middle-aged white men. Yes. <laughs> we all get our own specific cops. Uh, he wakes him up and he notices that he has um, almost a stab wound on his arm, which makes people, you know, fucking it would make you wonder about that. It looks to uh, me like it's a defensive wound, like someone was going to stab them, stab him, yeah. and he put his arm up and the knife went into his arm. Yeah. Um, we get back in the house and he sees Eve's light is on. Uh, we see on the other side of the door and she's reading a book nude and we see a boob. Thank, thank you, movie. you, movie. Fucking thank you, movie. But here's what's even better. He knocks on the door so she gets up to answer it, and we get a mighty fine dash shot. So, again, thank you, fucking movie. It's important to actually describe the shot. She gets out of bed, and the film cuts to the other side of the bed, and when she stands up, you get that sort of, like, full naked back, the shape of the um, ribcage bend in for the curve that then goes to the hips as she sits up, and then she pushes herself up in such a way as to accent those curves then when she stands up you get the ass shot and she walks in such a way when she stands up you get this sort of like shadowed underside where you think you see a lot more than you actually do she yeah. turns slightly to the side so you get a little bit more side boob and you get super excited and happy and then she walks forward and the camera keeps the frame right on her ass for the entire shot as she goes towards her robe that's right there by the door I yeah. mean it is sleazy as fuck for the time frame that it's in and it is gorgeous and so well shot and thank you so much movie thank you movie it's been so long since we've had nudity that we could actually enjoy in a film that I wanted to describe it as lovingly as I felt when I saw it and that is a lovely little bum she Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I got. I, I got nothing argue. else. Yeah, I other cannot, than that, cannot argue at all. She was a beautiful woman. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she uh puts on a robe and lets him in, and she starts begins clean his uh, wound. Uh, he lives in the bed, and she bandages him up, and uh, he talks about how the the cut on his arm is just 
like in the dream. He was stabbed right there in the arm. And then uh, after a little bit of more conversing, it's time for sex. I have an issue with how he came on to her. He grabbed her and pulled her down into the bed when she asked him to leave. And he came on to her. And then basically he just kept going through some minor type protests that seemed like she was pretty much still not into it. And what they would have called back then seducing sure feels like a modicum of date rape for what he does. A little bit. Yeah. That's, I mean, but you see the same thing in all any of the 007 movies. I know. And I have an issue with that as well. I don't like the idea. Oh yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't have an issue. I'm just saying that's so prevalent for this time period. That's how seducing worked. Yeah. Well, seducing is a term that I don't like. It's coercion is what it is. Seducing is coercion. Family guy made a great joke about this where it's bomb with the girl and she's like no 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 and then she finally said yes and he goes see 50 no's and what yes means yes yeah it's fucking wrong yeah it's so wrong um anyway but it's it happens so it's time for sex <laughs> the next morning he finds drops of blood coming from the wall in his room he checks out this little area and it turns out there's a secret door uh he investigates a little bit heading up the stairs and it looks like the room that he was having the dreams in but yet very old and dusty i wanted to point out that in dreams of the witch house um he kind of travels through planes of existence or like through like the fabric of reality or something like that into this weird um shape of the room and then it goes into like this void that's part of the house that you can only kind of enter in through this alternate reality type thing Uh um the secret passageway is a much easier way to show how that works because like it's really hard to explain to people the idea of going through a fabric of reality and like to show that in a movie so i'm totally fine with that and also the way that he dug out and found that trigger for the secret room was very super spy kind of 60s time thing yeah. that i thought was super cool so i'm all good the only, <laughs> the only the only one that i've seen for finding a secret passage that's better is when indy puts his hands on the breast of the statue and the lady says oh, yeah, i'm yeah. right here as he pushes the statue in you know <laughs> to find the secret <laughs> passage like that's the only other one that i can think of that i like better than what this one did i also did not mind it like monster squad when he's literally looking for the secret passage door <laughs> oh I, I also and he's yelling what what else do you want? They're blocked in by Wolfman, Dracula, and Dracula's you know, three women. And he's like, he goes, have you ever seen all the movies? There's always a secret door. Right. That's a really good one, too. Um, that would definitely be in my top five. The other one that obviously is the puts the candle back. Yes. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> but yes, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not here to make lists about best secret door findings <laughs> in film. Let's move but on. But that's, that's going to be our next podcast. <laughs> I mean, we kind of made a top five list, right? I mean, that's what we did. We're done. <laughs> Uh, after this, he vi- Bob visits the police in our next clip. Oh, it's you, sir. Didn't expect to see you about today. How are you feeling? All right, thanks. Oh, and uh, thank you for helping me last night. Yeah, it's all right, sir. What can I do for you? Well, I don't really know where to start. Try the beginnings, sir. All right. As you know, I came down to Greymarsh to find my brother. Oh, yes, Mr. Manning. Now, I found out that he definitely stayed two nights at the lodge, and then he disappeared. Now, that was over over a week ago. What, do you want me to list him as a missing person? No. No, I think he's still around here somewhere. Well, what makes you think that, then? I don't know. It's just a feeling I've got. Well, how can I help you? Well, I think there's something strange going on up at the lodge, and I'd like you to come up there with me. Why? Well, in the first place, I found a secret panel in my room leading up to a room in the loft. 
Now, this room... Oh, I that... shouldn't worry too much about that, sir. Lots of old houses around here have secret passages, you know. Anyhow, I can't go up there without a search warrant. What would Mr. Morley say? Well, what about Elder, the butler? Do you know he told me my brother was dead? <laughs> I shouldn't take too much notice of what Elder says, sir. We don't in the village, you know. How do you account for all that business last night down by the lake? I've never walked in my sleep before in my life, but how did I get that cut on my arm? The business of a candlestick... Are you all right, sir? What? You didn't get very much sleep last night, did you? Why don't you go on back to the lodge and get your feet up for a couple of hours? Make you feel a lot better, you know? Sergeant, I'm all right. I know there's something wrong going up in that lodge. And if you're not going to help me, I'm going to do it myself. Do you know where Professor Marsh lives? It's the last house in the village, sir. The white one on the right. So he's kind of turned away there. You know, there's just kind of, the cop kind of, but I mean, the cop, if you're going to look at things logically, the cop is kind of right there, but he should be taking this a little more seriously. There is a very distinct part of me that will never admit the words, the cop was possibly right there. That's yeah. true. So I can't <laughs> agree with you there. Yeah. I will say that the story that our hero is giving here is one that I myself would be like, <laughs> you're crazy. So well, I can me, see that, that perspective. And part of me understands the cop's perspective a little bit on this because also he even is treated it kind of because he's so aloof. Even he doesn't seem panicked about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a uh, very fucking British. Like nothing really yeah. seems to bother him at all. Like so he's almost getting killed and he thinks his brother is dead. Yet he's totally just nonchalant about everything. I mean, he did just have sex with a hot woman. So, you know, I'm fully relaxed after that, too. When I have <laughs> sex with my wife. I, I want to point out, too, I don't know, was this the sequence where he was in the police station talking to the cop, or was this uh, outside? In the police station. Did you notice the boom mic when he was talking yeah. drop into the screen a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah, apparently they weren't shooting on sets, they were shooting in actual locations, so the boom, oh. mic, the boom mic was having a hard time staying in the frame line. There was another sequence that we'll be talking about later, um, dealing with Boris Karloff, where the boom mic played a role in coming into frame and kind of ruining the shot. Damn. So I didn't, I didn't see that one i saw this one um, no the other one they they had to do another take but it's a big oh. deal that they had to do another take because it's with boris karloff so we'll, we'll yeah get he it. was he was very sick at the time so right yeah we'll talk about it when we get there yeah. uh even bob meet up and he shows her the secret door they check it out and they find out all the cobwebs up there making that room look old are fake um i love the way that they do it too because he's grabbing what is obviously the fake uh, cobwebs for the set decoration and he calls it out and then he says that it's made of some kind of rubber cement so he basically tells you how Hollywood props make cobwebs like this. Yeah, exactly. It's another level of meta that the film does. Uh-huh. And then uh, they find the book with all the names in it, including Peter's signature. Uh, he has her go He has her go check with the vicar about these names and, and what their significance uh, are. And he pulls, he goes to check out the room some more. He pulls a curtain back and and he finds the mask that he saw people wearing in his dreams. I'm sorry, the mask in his dreams. Um, more searching, he actually finds the web slinging device. So not as compact as Spider-Man's, but still it seems effective. And that um, might actually be the actual one that they use to decorate the set because that's pretty accurate for how they're built. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, he then finds another secret door and he goes into a room where it leads him to removes two candles and opens up this box and he finds Elder's dead body plus his brother's ID bracelet. Yeah, and uh, Michael Goff plays dead really, really well. He looked dead as fuck. I mean, the makeup definitely helps, but yeah, I mean, when he was getting moved around, like he looked stiff and well, he's old. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Eve is with the vicar, and they are looking up the names, and they find that the names were something uh, tied into the trial for witchcraft. Uh, we cut back to Morley. He comes up into the attic. He checks around, then leaves. Then we cut back to the vicar, and he finds in the exact document that matches the list of all the names, and what all those names are all the accusers who accused a woman of the woman of witchcraft who this whole festival is for. Yeah, so Lavinia Morley, who is the great step-aunt of Eve and the great aunt of her uncle, um, and also like the great aunt of, or just an aunt of the uncle or whatever, Yeah, she was falsely accused by these folks who were essentially looking to take over her land or her power or something like we discussed earlier, that that was what witch hunters did. And sometimes they were brought in by people that wanted to usurp power or take someone down that was in the, um, you know, the the aristocracy or what have you. So this happened to her and all the people that were involved that obviously benefited from her death because look at how well, you know, our main character's family is off now and he's doing antique dealing and stuff. Yeah. That's not something that someone that's, you know, been born poor just falls into. That's usually something that somebody that is well-to-do gets into for a hobby when they're already taken care of financially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously they have benefited from her death in the accusation of her being a witch and her being burned alive, and it's revenge time for all of that. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Um, so Bob uh, grabs the cop, tells him all they found, and that he found uh, the the body. Uh, and uh, so the cop now believes him, said this is a, a serious matter, and that he would meet him up at the uh, up at the manor. That's when Bob realizes Eve is heading back up there herself. Uh, so we cut to Marley uh, grabs the witch knife, and uh, or Morley, I'm sorry, grabs the witch knife. Witch knife now? Ah. Uh, <laughs> classic that's uh, <laughs> that's one of my my wife's favorite things to do whenever i talk about it being a witch she goes which witch which witch yeah god damn it <laughs> and then even more importantly they he tests the hypno lamp so we're about to get real psychedelic in here real Shit fucking quick is trippy af it's gonna get it's gonna get off the hook uh see he then finds eve and he says he needs to talk to her for a minute she says sure and they close the door then we hear her scream we here we see more hypno light and Eve is in a trans you know, fixed type state with Morley just telling her that he will avenge uh, the witch's name and that, you know, that she will be put to death pretty much. Yes. So she is part of the problem basically now, as far as he's concerned. I think he always was. She always was. Uh, The vicar uh, calls the professor and says that he hopes the names that Eve got were a help for his book. And that's when the professor, professor didn't know anything about it. And the vicar also said, you know, you don't know anything about the witch room as well. So now the professor's got an idea something's going on and he tells uh, Basil to get the car ready. And for the longest time, you thought the uh, professor that is played by Boris Karloff is in on it. I yeah. almost was going to I was going to start the episode by referring to him as uh, Professor Red Herring. Yeah, Red Herring. Exactly. Because he's so set up to be especially how upset he gets about the way that the festival is handled and everything. And what I realized is uh, he's this is his study this is very serious stuff for him and he's been influenced from living in this town or he's moved to this town because of what he studies it's very much the nexus for this type of occult belief system 
in this area because of what happened to Lavinia. So it makes sense that he would also be like uh, upset whenever uh, our main character is just kind of being snide about it all because, you know, this is this man's study of life and his passion. So that's why he gets upset. But when it comes across the way he's doing it, it seems like when it first happens that, you know, he's upset because like it's something that he takes seriously for the reason that he is also a practitioner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he it's just, really well set up and we didn't mention it. And I feel kind of like the remiss. whole time I'm thinking somehow he's going to be behind a door and stop Bob and he and Basil. Basil's going to stop Bob. Now all of a sudden we discover something very different. <laughs> yeah, extremely different. But the way that they set it up, I mean, like when you go back and watch it again and you know what you know, it really fucking works. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. I mean, it's perfectly well done. This movie is such a treat to watch it really compared is. to the last couple we've had. <laughs> well, I would say that this one and The House That Screamed would make a great pairing. They would go really well together. Very well. No, you are you are correct on that. Um, I'm sorry it was sandwiching Demented, which was a giant fucking turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, then we see uh, Eve is on a... Uh, Eve is now tied to a table, and Morley is throwing her gasoline around. She's also in a nice kind of sheer little outfit. So is it wrong that I enjoyed seeing her in a sheer outfit and tied to a table? Like those two things are what worked best for me. I wasn't into her tied to a table when we first had her on the couch. It was, you know, using the hypno lamp. I first saw her in that sheer little outfit. I'm like, that's that's all right. I mean, the hypno lamp stuff was cool. But the minute she's tied down, I'm good. Clip. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Shut up. Are you talking about penises? <laughs> oh fuck man I, I didn't know i didn't know being this sick if i was gonna be able to get you on that one but <laughs> shit, damn, fucking got a fever all right so ugh. that's almost one that i'd be proud to play anyway so it's fine i think i think so yeah yeah we always have a few where we're like fuck man i'm actually kind of proud of that one <laughs> it's getting really hard for us to say horrible things that we regret later <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think we become <laughs> desensitized to it now we say it, we're like oh man that's gonna be really good i like that one <laughs> i'm good i'm good yeah uh we see we cut to the professor and basil in the car they're on the way bob gets back and he sees the hip light is on and he is jumped by marley he is now restrained and has some kind of contraption over his mouth and that leads to our final clip a manning and a morley a fitting tribute now it is complete lavinia this child has betrayed the trust i placed in her she is no longer worthy to bear your name therefore i offer you her blood Right before Marley can stab and kill Eve, he is shot in the hand by the professor. Well, good shot, Boris. You fucking man. Uh, yeah, that was incredible, and it was a great fucking hero moment for him. Um, yeah. I, I got I to back up. I didn't realize that we were past that point already. Oh. Um, when um, Boris Karloff as the professor is talking about um, all the stuff going on with our main character, and uh-huh. he goes to stand up. Yeah. Why, Manning, what a delightful surprise. After yesterday's misunderstanding, I hardly expected to see you here. Yes, I'm sorry about that, but it's just that I don't like being shot at. Tell me, is Eve around anywhere? I'm afraid not. She went to do an errand for me and won't be back for some time. Well, it's probably just as well. Actually, I came to see you. Oh, of course. (laughs) I was going to show you my collection. Now, here... An extraordinary 13th century... Um, I really didn't come to see these. I came to talk to you. Oh. Sit down, won't you? I understand you're an authority on witchcraft. Well, yes, I suppose I am. Well, tell me, in witchcraft, is there any significance in writing one's name in a book? In blood? Yes. Oh, great significance. 
Once you've done that, you're trapped. There's no turning back. Why do you ask? Well, it's just that um, this past two nights, I've had the most extraordinary dreams. Nightmares, really. Tell me about them. Well, they're not very clear, really. It seems there's, there's some sort of ceremony. And there are all sorts of odd people around. There's a, there's a goat. Ah, yes. The goat god. The great god Pan. Eroticism. Yes, and there's a man with antlers. Hearn the Hunter. All traditional figures going back to the Middle Ages and beyond. But what I don't understand is how a person like me that knows nothing at all about witchcraft can have dreams in such detail. Well, we all know the subconscious mind can play strange, sometimes terrifying tricks. The living bridge between this world and the unknown. Particularly in your case. Did you realize that you are the linear descendant of Jonathan Manning, who was the principal accuser of Lavinia at her trial for witchcraft? No, I didn't. Well, it remains a fact, and could have great significance, coupled with the fact that you are the sole surviving member of the Manning family. Apart from my brother. Oh, yes, your brother. May I offer you a drink? No, thanks. No, I really must be going. Oh, uh, thank you for the information. You'll forgive me if I leave you to find your own way out. Yes, of course. Oh, uh, when Eve comes back, would you tell her I'd like to see it? Yes. Thank you. Bye. Boris Karloff at the time was suffering from arthritis so horribly that he could barely walk or move and couldn't even stand. Like, for him to be able to stand up, it hurt so bad that it was basically like he would only be able to do it for a moment, and even then it was like he was going to be in a lot of pain and he couldn't do it again. Oh. When they were making this film, that sequence where he stands up to walk over to show him the weaponry, yeah, they were given one take. They had one chance to be able to do this because it was going to cause Boris so much pain. But he d- he loved making films and he he was a true craftsman, so he did he's it. He's a man's man. Yeah, he got up, he did the take, he delivered the dialogue, and you can see it when you watch the movie. He's in a shitload of pain, and so he goes through the the paces that he's supposed to do, and then they go back and sit down and all of that, and all, all this is taking place. The scene's done. They yell cut. They go to check the gate and everything, and they look in the frame line, and they realize um, the boom mic had dropped down into that scene and ruined that take. Oh, fuck. Everybody is heartbroken. They don't know what to do. And Boris is like, don't blame him. Don't be mad at him. It's not his fault. I can go again. I can do this again. And that second scene is what they used. And you can obviously tell how much pain he's in when he walks, when he gets up. Like, if you look and you pay attention, you can see it. But he's such a great actor. He's still masking it. But it's still obvious. You can tell how much pain he's actually in. Because he uses it as part of the character that the character's also in pain. The character's in pain. It old, you know. So, I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, but the fact that he was able to do that again, he wasn't upset. He didn't, you know, even though it hurt him so badly, he was literally like he felt bad for the guy with the boom mic. And he was like, no, we can go again. It's totally fine. Don't blame him. Don't get angry at him. Like he was more concerned about how bad that boom mic operator felt for fucking up than his own physical pain. Like that just shows you what a wonderful and sweet man Karloff was. And I needed to tell that story. He was from all accounts. He was a, a pretty awesome human being. All right, let's just start over here. The professor suits, uh, shoots Morley's hand. Uh, Basil helps free. Uh, so again, once again, Boris Koloff just being a badass, shooting the guy's hand, having a hero moment. Basil frees Eve as Morley lights the place on fire. Basil and Eve are able to free.
free Bob and they get out. The professor states that he knew this entire time that Morley was mad. Uh, at, at this point, while he's explaining, firemen also show up. The professor explains that while he knew this whole time, he couldn't be completely positive. So he needed Bob there and it was Bob, Bob was his last chance to get Morley to come out to show his insane side where he thinks he's actually a warlock. Well, the, the other thing that's interesting about that too is the reason he knew that this main character was his last chance is yeah. because if he completes this, he's done. He's gotten the full-fledged yeah, revenge he'll in his never, head. He'll never try to kill again. Yeah, so. it, it, it's done and the, whatever it is that's in his psychosis that's causing him to do this will be satiated or so they think. Yep. And uh, as we see Morley on the roof being engulfed with, by flames, we then see the witch she overimposes on the picture. She begins to laugh. Roll credits. Okay, it's time to fucking gush about this movie. Jesus fucking, fucking Christ. Yes. Oh my God, how entertaining this movie was. This Every is, bit of from the swingings, from it being in the swinging 60s to that clash with like the bore with, uh, with uh, I mean, to the clash with that older generation. It's just fucking awesome. I really dug seeing the much older Boris Karloff, even though he's wheelchair ridden and in a lot of pain, still bringing it, doing an amazing performance him and Christopher Lee bouncing off of each other. They've only really ever been in one other movie together. Um, I think it was Quarter of Blood. Oh, wow. I, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's from like 1958, I think. Let me let me double check here real quick. I never knew Christopher Lee and, uh, and Boris Karloff were in the same movie. So to have those these two kind of generational actors who were so important in these kind of horror movies to be in there together is fucking huge. Yeah, and like I had said, um, I know for sure they've only been in two movies together and that's it like they've, yeah. they've been in two films together it's corridors of blood from i believe it's 1958 give me a second yeah 1958 corridors of blood is when it was made um and then this film uh curse of the crimson altar also known as the crimson cult and i haven't seen corridors of blood i am planning on putting that in in one of my 31 days of halloween marathon this year it's one of the ones yeah. that i'm putting on there I already downloaded it and was going to watch it, but then when I realized after doing some research on this film that this is the other the other movie that they both starred in, I kind of want to compare and contrast the two because the two of them together, the dynamic that they have, when they start off as sort of friends and they've obviously been, you know, because of Karloff's character's interest in witchcraft and all of that stuff, and then obviously it being part of Mr. Morley's heritage that Christopher Lee's character plays, they've been friends for a while, but then when you kind of go back and watch it knowing what you know, now that this entire time he suspected him of doing this and he's basically been being his friend and feigning not only the interest but also like the extra amount of respect and care for Lavinia that he's given just to kind of like ingratiate himself with this man who he assumes is some kind of mad serial killer. It's really just ingenious when you go back and watch that and their, their kind of reactions and their discussions, like Karloff looks very suspicious of him, but at the same time that could also be thinking that it's suspicious of our main character. And what is he doing there? Because is he part of it? And it's so well played together and you just wouldn't get that without the kind of actors that they have. Every single person in this, 
film is perfect for the role that they were cast for. This is probably, it's one of the earliest Tygon films, and it's probably one of the finest ones that they have ever made. The music's amazing. The lighting effects, the way that they use the trippy lamp that when the people are under its sway and they're being... That screams that 60s style. Well, and the various colors and everything like that, the way that that makes sense when you see this weird trippy stuff that's happening in the background it's stuff that he's implanting in their minds while they're under hypnosis so they think they're seeing one thing but in what's really coming over though is the various colors of light that are being used for the hypnotism are in the room with them while they're being hypnotized which is really fucking cool it's so fucking cool i mean and the witch looked awesome i love how they went with that standard kind of green colored witch you know the skin Um, tone being green the ram's horn outfit and barbara Steele, even though she doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue in this really owns every scene that she's in that Um, laugh is all she needed yeah i mean that was a classic witch laugh barbara Steele is incredible at playing villainesses and very strong very uh intelligent women um i obviously have a huge crush on barbara Steele and have for a very (laughs) long time Um, But like Barbara Steele is always awesome in everything that she's in. And in this particular film, it's one of my favorite villainous characters for her because she's not on screen very much. And when she is there, she's more or less like set decorating and a prop, but she still shines out and becomes so much more and just like transforms the movie when she's on screen because for the brief amount of times that she's there, she owns that shit and she's an image that you will not get out of your head. When you no. think of this movie, you won't think of Christopher Lee burning down his house. In no, I think about the fit. woman laughing at the end. You will think about the witch. You will think about the sign. Sign. Yes. Like that won't get out of your head when you think about this movie. That's like for the longest time, I forgot about that whole subplot serial killer Christopher Lee thing. Because all I remembered was her trying to force the guy to sign and being like, whoa, that's fucked up. Yeah, right. You know, and that's even before I got to see all this stuff with the extra bondage and nudity that I love the film already before that. And so <laughs> you you had this other layer of like just sleaze and perversion over top of it. And like, I'm so fucking in love with this film. And I can't believe the year that it was made in that it came out that it's this fucking just so much extra with everything. It's just so incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we're just talking amazing 68. Movie. 1968 and they were doing that shit with the bondage and the extra nudity and the whipping and all of the satanic stuff on top of that. It's incredible. It was progressive as fuck. I mean, what we really have here is a straight up whodunit murder mystery of an insane serial killer being tracked by a professor who is using a man as a patsy. So we have like what would basically become the Italian Jallo, but they throw in this supernatural stuff and the way they explain it away is the way I always want it explained away where it's trickery it's tomfoolery. It's something that someone implanted into someone else's mind, or it's like the delusions of a deranged mind that think they have supernatural powers. Like this is everything I wanted a horror movie rolled into one. And that's why I fucking love it so much. I'm for it, man. I love this movie. Yeah. I, I really did. I enjoyed this movie immensely. It was such a great, well put together, well acted. Everything, man, was just well done. Yeah. And the only thing I think I probably would have probably substituted out is I would have made uh, Barbara Steele be the love interest in this because she's a raven haired beauty. But I totally understand where they're going. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm just saying, oof. Well, oh, you know what? All the women in this movie, oof. <laughs> I'll just say it. All of them. Oof. There's very few people in this film that couldn't get it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, there's a lot of really good looking folks in this flick. Um, yeah, man, it's like they just like opened up a place and said, hey, all the good looking folks, come on out. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. <laughs> we need to make a film. We need some distinguished good-looking folks. We need some not-so-good-looking folks just to make the good-looking folks look even better. And this yeah, is yeah. how we're going to arrange them. Good-looking, good-looking, not-so-good-looking. Good-looking, good-looking, not-so-good-looking. Good-looking, not-so-good-looking. Good-looking, good-looking, not-so-good-looking. Sir, you've oh. gone mad with power. You ever tried going mad without power? It's pointless. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons. Love it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, now that I'm making a reference to something else, I think I'm done. Like I, I, I'll just gush forever about how incredible this movie is I'm, i really yeah. enjoyed it and i'm so happy that you liked it too oh i did i loved it man i travel all 49 states just to see this movie <laughs> uh, i'll be i'll be dead and buried before i recognize missouri <laughs> missouri is only there to travel on the way to other states around it that's right god damn it i don't trust it run around lawless down there <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to sincerely apologize to the folks in Kansas City. <laughs> wait, wait, but no, because there's a Kansas City, Kansas. They're fine. Yeah, but there are some folks that I know in Kansas City, Missouri that I, <laughs> I, Actually, I, I know. Like. I know a few folks in Kansas City, Missouri, too. <laughs> Kansas City is like the Omaha of Missouri. It's like the the yeah. the, the oasis of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, their food is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough talk about the states. Let's uh well we're gonna have to wrap it up here because we don't we don't have the equipment to be able to do the PSYOP news. Everything is down right now. Um and all circuits are currently busy. <laughs> we are at red alert. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. IMAC is God. down. We've got an you, IMAC down. What are you gonna got goddamn where are you gonna get the warp engines back online? <laughs> Soon. I don't know. I haven't got enough power. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break here. We're gonna play the ending legion promo. We're gonna have a little music befitting up. Of the Curse of the Crimson Altar. When we come back, we will close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
So burning down the house by right. the talking heads. I mean, I just love the talking heads too much. So I'm not even mad at you for this. Well, I thought it was perfect for what happens at the end of the film because he burns down a motherfucking house. Yeah. <laughs> burning down the house. And also it's the fucking talking heads. So, I mean, yeah. what, what are you going to do? There's, there's nothing to complain about there. If you don't like the talking heads, then I'm really sorry. There's something that might be wrong with you. I, I think, you know, I'm not even the biggest music guy, but uh, yeah, if you don't like the talking heads, then I don't think we have to have a conversation anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to shun you. I'm not going to avoid you for the rest of your life. I'm just going to be a little weary of you. I'm just going to think the things you like aren't cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is somehow not like is all, like so much worse or what have you. <laughs> well, if you want to find out the things that we think are cool, the best way to do that is to find our landing slash launching page. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. There's also our Facebook group, which is a bastion of people finding out and talking about a bunch of cool stuff. That's Cinema Psyops. You could just find me and friend me on Facebook. I'm Court Psyops and Lord knows that I'm a tastemaker for all things cool there. Yeah. <laughs> you are. God you, damn it. You're the cutting edge. <laughs> you could also find Matt on Facebook as Matt Psyop. He's the plank that says brutal and there's nothing cool about his page because it is a barren wasteland that where that he is no longer at. It's, it's pretty much like my insides of my body. It's barren wasteland. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Tell him to get that barren wasteland checked out. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> you can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Tell him it's time to stage an intervention, even though the several thousand that you've already tried have failed. <laughs> Listen, I just have sicknesses now, all right? I, I barely even touch alcohol or inject any kind of drugs. Right. I, mean, I still do like a lot but i mean i don't think that's what this is <laughs> this is not what's causing your problem with the sickness that you are not down cue that yeah, clip yes <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is twitter even though we are the tastemakers of all things cool i am at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop matt yeah you can look at photos that i put up to make taste and also show you all sorts of cool stuff on the gram of insta just add water and you've got an instagram as cinema underscore psyops now also you can check out our flick chat group which is cinema psyops all together all one word and because shit is fucked i'm not going to go into the group chat to be doing the discussion this week we will pick it up whenever shit gets fixed. We're, we're in shambles right now. Shambles! Everything is broken. Everything is wrong. Matt is sick and fucked up. Ugh, motherfuck. <laughs> that, that is, these are facts. Your health is a microcosm of the health of the world around us. Which yeah, yes. Which leaves us no other option but to kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
Hey, you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can uh, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so right. uh, as I was telling you, um, it's a scavenger of the pre-apocalypse iMac that I got my hands on, and I souped up and everything. But apparently this uh, model of iMac um, has a problem with the power supplies, and it had been shutting off, and I'd been resetting it and thinking that, um, well, it, it actually just would, like, I'd come into work in the office, and the iMac would just be off, and I'd be like, well, what the fuck? You know, what's going on with that? Yeah. And um, today I was just finishing up all the clips. I got everything squared away, and I just saved the stuff for the, the soundboard that I use, and it fucking died. It just Jesus. shut off right in front of me, and I freaked out. Well, then I started it up again um, after I went upstairs and, you know, because the girls are upstairs decorating for Halloween, you know. Yeah. And uh, I came back down. I got to the startup and I just left it running, you know, not in sleep mode or anything like that. And I come in just to get ready to get set up to record with you. And it shuts down on me again, like right before I'm ready to call you. And I, I texted you to see if you're ready. You yeah. Know? So I started up again. I thought it was fine. And I'm searching on the same computer for new power supplies because I know I'm going to have to replace it, obviously. And it shuts off again. And I'm like... God damn it. So I'm like, look, I've got all the stuff saved to it, and I backed up all the stuff to the cloud, but there's no way I'm transferring all of that before we record to the little uh, Mac Mini that I was using before I got this thing. Yeah, right. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, if that's how you're going to be, I'm just not going to use you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So now I got to find a replacement power supply for the iMac that will work. Um, apparently, it's a very common problem. But then I also got to get the thing to where I remove the screen and put it back on just to be able to replace the power supply. And you know me, I'm like, well, while I'm at it, if I'm going to open it up, what else can I do to fix it up? Yeah, right. What else can you stoop it up with? Right. And I'm just already starting to like try and figure that out and think what it is. And I'm also at the point now where I'm like, why do I even want to reattach the screen the way that Mac wants me to do it? Why don't I just fucking find a way to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it it remove, yeah, remove it and add it back, and then I'm like, no, don't. Or, or have your own way of doing things. Yeah, I'm like, oh, don't even fucking bother. But fucking October is just our worst month, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's always fucking busy. Um, yeah. And I didn't do myself any favors by doing the Draft House of Horrors, but that was for me. That was so I had something. Yeah, something fuck, man. Else. Something for you to enjoy. Yeah, because, like, the Halloween thing, it's become so much about everybody else and decorating for everybody else that I just wanted to step away from that and be like, no, this is now for me. And then when I do decorate, it'll be because I want to. Yeah. Know? And that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of become that. So Yeah. Now um, I've been battling the same cold now for about a week or two. Well, I had um, a sinus infection creep up on me this weekend. Yeah. And I think that yeah, was my, left over from the cold that I had a couple weeks ago. And I got a cold last weekend and then like it went away Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday felt a little weird, but nothing bad. And then it just hit me today, man. My throat is just, my tonsils are so swelled up right now. It's fucking, so if I sound weird, that's just, that's because of that. Okay, so what we'll do then, since you're sick and my computer's fucked up, we're just going to do a real stripped down show. We'll do the uh, we'll do the intro stuff. We'll uh, do the the notes that we have to do. We'll skip the news this week, and then we'll just close it out. And we'll just get whatever show we get in the the time being. Sometimes we die, and we have to do it. <laughs> right. Um. I'm almost tempted to just do like a spooky music show, but my computer's fucked, so we might as well just record anyway and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, I watched the movie. I did the notes. I'm excited to talk about it, but fuck. Wow, that really hit the uh, nail on the head about what we were just talking about there with yes. uh, nothing, because I have no idea what was in that clip. I can't remember. Uh, it's, uh, the man and the woman going through, like, he gets a box of stuff, and, uh, well, it's going to be in the clip.
Yes, yes, from uh, Keaton the Clooney. There you go. Uh, that sounds like you're about to write a book about those films and call it from Keaton the Clooney. <laughs> no, or, the hey, Tim Burton Pat Batman Pen. cycle. That's patent pending, by the way. No one gets that. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's also true. Uh, <laughs> Watch some asshole it. write that book and like not even give you credit. I know, right? <laughs> In fact, they'll send me an email. I wrote the book, asshole. Sorry. Or it already exists and some fucking authors out there going hey you assholes <laughs> what, what's up man <laughs> why can't you say like thanks just fucking at me next time dick <laughs> <laughs> like i don't believe any of it but i sure will teach you how to summon yeah, a demon. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach the fuck out of it i mean i don't believe in it but i'll teach it <laughs> just like my high school science teacher who was a rabid fucking evangelical who still taught science jesus christ <laughs> true story uh when he was forced to teach evolution he started by saying i don't believe in any of this because of God and then went on to teach it and then kept trying to disprove it while he was teaching it. Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> the fuck, man. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Uh, um, yeah. Younger Court was uh, not so uh, happy about that and no, caused I, problems I, for that teacher. I don't think you should be. That's, uh, that's a fucked up teacher, man. <laughs> yeah, it's violating church and state and he yeah. definitely was not allowed to be doing that shit. So there you go. Oh, so he was dispatched to keep an eye specifically on Bob at all times to make sure that he was safe and everyone's well, all, happy around him. All middle-aged white men, yes. <laughs> we all get our own specific cops. I'm not really looking forward to when one gets assigned to no, me. No, 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 no. You don't. You 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 look too weird. You're tatted up. And you 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 know your beard and everything. You <laughs> you don't get it anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't have a right to be followed around and protected by the police because of how no, I not look. anymore. No, now if you maybe uh, you know wear like some long sleeve polo shirts and some nice khakis and trim up the beard, then we'll talk. Then we can talk. Then we can talk. You can't change me for cop protection. That's not how that works. <laughs> also, I don't want I, them to follow me around anyway. Well, listen, I don't make the rules. All right, <laughs> I'm just explaining them to you. So my white privilege is circumvented by the fact that I dress like a weirdo is what you're saying. Yes, yes. You have no more white privilege. Well, you have some because you still are white. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't think that's how that works, Matt. So let's just move on. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how it works, man. I don't no know how any of this works. Me. All I know is that I don't trust the police and I fear them naturally. So that's good. Very good, good, good plan. Imagine how, imagine how like people of color feel. I, I don't want to know what that feels like. I feel horrible for them. <laughs> me too. Me too. I mean, he did just have sex with a hot woman. So, you know, I'm fully relaxed after that, too. When I have sex with my wife, I'm fully relaxed after that. I like you, how you phrased that. I like how you phrased that because you implied that when you have sex with a hot woman, but then you changed it to say then you have sex well, with your wife. The hot woman is my wife. That's the only hot woman I'm having sex with. <laughs> that they know about. Oh, Jesus. Are you trying to get you killed? Listen. I'm trying to get you killed, listen, Matt. I, I think you've seen me before. I think you know. I can barely handle know the one woman I have. There's no way I've got any more than that. You have just enough capacity to solely disappoint one woman in your life. That's it. That's it. I can't disappoint anymore. <laughs> That's all you've got left. But usually you, like, when, when my wife has sex with me, you could probably slaughter, like, a thousand innocent animals, and I'd be like, wow, that, that's totally sad. But what are you gonna do? And just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> 